We're going to be in the book of Proverbs chapter 9 this morning. If you want to begin going there, I'm going to catch us up and get us to the point that we need to start from this morning. We've been talking about being stewards. And uh, a couple weeks ago, you can catch up on what I'm about to say in this quick recap. You can catch up on this on our YouTube channel. You can go back and watch some of our messages if you want more context. But we've been talking about being a steward, not just stewarding. Stewarding is the verb of what a steward does, but being a steward, taking on the identity of saying, I am a steward. And I talked about being careful of what we say I am and then fill in the blank because what you're doing is attaching an agreement to an identity when you say I am whatever you say. So you got to be real careful. Amen. Amen. So we are stewards of what God has given us. Last week we talked about being faithful. Specifically, we talked about fractional faithfulness. Being faithful in the little things and just uh, paying attention to the 1% increments. And we heard a wonderful story about our buddy who's getting ready to do an Ironman in 10 days. He's going to be the first guy with Down syndrome to complete an Ironman. And we, we're, some of you guys went and followed him on social media, and it, it is an amazing story. And so, what an inspiration. Abraham, we've been talking about, is an inspiration. Specifically, we've been talking about this guy, Abraham, who God gave a promise to Abraham, and he said, listen, I'm going to give you a legacy through your lineage. The only problem was Abraham didn't have a lineage. He didn't have any kids. His wife, Sarah, was beyond the years of bearing children. So how, God, are you going to do the impossible, when I don't see how it's possible. And this is just the story that God is writing in our lives. And he's written in Abraham's life. God gives him a son. His name is Isaac. Now Isaac and Abraham uh, are instructed by God, specifically Abraham. To, uh, God tells Abraham, you need to take your son Isaac, your one and only son who you love, who has been your deepest desire, your most prized possession, and I want you to take him. And I want you to go to a place. And when you get there, I'll tell you that you're in the right place. And you're going to sacrifice your one and only son. And what a story. What a journey. And I'm not going to read through the whole passage. I'm just going to summarize it by saying this. God gives Abraham an instruction. And so he takes his son Isaac. And he gets two servants. And he loads up the donkey with everything he needs. And he sets out. He finds a place. And he goes to sacrifice his son. And God delivers a way out. He says, he looked up, Abraham did, and he saw a ram caught in the thicket and he sacrificed the ram. And he was so obedient. And today we're going to talk about, as a steward, we're going to be faithful, which is what we talked about last week, but this week we're going to add to it, we're going to be wise. And Abraham was wise as a steward. He was wise as a steward. I'm going to define real quickly what wisdom is, just so that we're on the same page. There's, just to be fair, uh, there's, I'll call human wisdom. Like, there's people that we meet that are extremely wise. They're wise with their finances. They're wise with different situations. And I, I think, I think God has given us the ability in our humanity to be very wise. But there's something different between human wisdom and godly wisdom. And wisdom. Uh, this is how I'm going to define it, is the knowledge and practice of essentials for godly and upright living. The knowledge and practice. It's not just that you know it, but you do something with the knowledge. It's the knowledge and practice. 
of the essentials for godly and upright living. Wisdom is also a supreme intelligence, such that belongs to God. We, we have some smart people in humanity, but none of them are supreme intelligence. God is the only supreme intelligence. So God's wisdom sits far and high above human wisdom. Now, based on Abraham's knowledge of God, based on what God had done in Abraham's life, based on the fact that he was facing an impossible situation, but he was holding on to this possibility of a promise, God delivers a son even after the years of his wife's ability to bear a child. He has a history with God. And based on Abraham's knowledge of God, he applied obedience to his command. We call this applied knowledge is wisdom. So Abraham moved in wisdom when he applied obedience to the instruction that God gave him. Go and sacrifice your son. Wisdom, he was being faithful, but he was also being wise. He was saying, God, based on the history, based on who I know of you to be, I'm going to set out and be obedient because it's the knowledge and practice. But we're going to look a step further. Where does this wisdom that Abraham comes from or that Abraham gets, where does it come from? How can we begin, if you will, to get some of that wisdom? Maybe you're like me. I want some of that wisdom. I want some Abraham promise. I want there to be a legacy left through my lineage. I want for generations and generations for people to say it was because of the sacrifices made here in 2020 and 2021 and 2022, however many years God has for me. So how, do, how, how can I get some of that? You ever think, like, how can I get some of that? How can I get some of that wisdom? Abraham's wisdom, here's the key, was rooted in the fear of the Lord. It was rooted in the fear of the Lord. Now let's read real quickly Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Where can we get some of that? It begins in what? The fear of the Lord. Can you turn to somebody in your living room, turn to somebody in your kitchen, the car you're driving in, if you're vacationing, turn to somebody in the room right now, if you're sitting here on our campus in San Marcos, and just, can you just say this? Can you just turn to that person next to you and say, the fear of the Lord is the beginning? If you're sitting by yourself, lay your hand on yourself and say, self, the fear of the Lord is the beginning. Can you say, can you say, we're about to begin? The pastor's about to preach. Buckle up, buttercup. All right. That's scriptural. All right. I'm still, I'm still completely taken back by worship. Like, I just felt like getting up here and going, amen. So it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Verse 11, for through me, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. Okay, there's a reward to wisdom. If you are wise, it's your choice, it's my choice. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, it says you alone 
will suffer. That doesn't mean you alone will suffer means that part of your suffering will be the loneliness that you will feel because of the separation. Okay? So there's a risk and there's a reward to this. There's three things we're going to talk about really quickly today. I value worship so much. I want you to know this. This is a side note. I value worship. I value what we do at the beginning of our service so much that I will do whatever it takes to finish my preaching in the time frame that we have you here so that we can spend time in the presence of God as much as possible. That's, that's important. If, you, if you're just joining us, if you're like, why the heck, man? It's like, I'm not going to interrupt what God is saying to tell you what God is saying. You get what I'm saying? Okay. So there's three things that I'm going to say to you, okay? And I just ask Holy Spirit would just come right now. I believe that we I, I believe that we're experiencing the presence of God here this morning and I'm going to ask for Holy Spirit to increase um, our awareness and the manifestation of who he is this morning. And as we speak through these things, there's three things we're going to talk about. The fear of the Lord requires awareness. It requires acknowledgement and it requires adoption. And so Holy Spirit, I say right now that you are the one who prepares the fertile soil of my heart and of the hearts of every single ear that's listening. That we would understand that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and leads to understanding of who you are, the Holy One. So give us that understanding. In Proverbs 9, 10, that word fear, let me, let me talk about fear for a second because fear has a lot of different connotations. If you say, man, I should be afraid of the Lord. I should be terrified by God. I should like, what does that mean? What does the word fear mean? Because when I say fear, I mean, we're dealing with fear on a whole nother level right now in society. Globally, this isn't an American thing. This isn't a, a San Diego thing. It's not a California thing. Now here's, you, you're going to hear me say some things this morning and I'm, gonna, I'm saying this up front because I want to be able to get through it. Then I don't have to stop and then and, and give this pre, pre-required like, okay, I'm making this point again. Okay, check this out. I'm going to say some things this morning that I'm not declaring these things over us or saying you should feel this way or damning anybody for feeling this way. What I am saying is, is I'm going to bring things that I feel like are below the surface in our hearts and being spoken about in homes, but we are afraid to bring them into the light. So I'm going to drag some things out of the darkness into the light this morning, okay? And we're going to beat them down with the word of God. This word fear is uh, Y-I-R-A-H, yira. It means to fear. That's pretty self-explanatory. Like, yeah, I'm afraid. (laughs) The fear of the Lord, afraid of God. Why are we afraid of God? Because he's massive. It's like standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon. And you're standing at the edge and you're like, well, anyone here get afraid of heights? Right? Do you know when you start, I'm not really afraid of heights, but there's something that happens in my body that when you get close to the edge of something, you start to get that like little wheelie feeling in your, like this butterfly start flying up from your belly and you're just like, whoa, what is that? That's, a, that's fear. Do you know that's healthy? That keeps you back from the edge sometimes. Some of us who are like adrenaline junkies and thrill seekers, it's what, it's, it, it, it helps us calculate how and when we're going to jump. So 
So it's like, wow, I'm afraid. That's really far down. The Grand Canyon is big and wide and expansive. It's, it's like bigger than, it's like the most majestic. It's, it's astonishing. It's awesome. It's awe-inspiring. I'm awestruck by it. So fear is both like I have a healthy, I'm afraid of it. I need to, I need to be sure to understand who I am in relationship to this giant crack in the earth called the Grand Canyon. But I also am standing in this, in this other way of like, I am completely awestruck by the beauty of it. By, by the grandness of the grandest of canyons. It means worship. Awesome. It's the, it, so it's, it's both. You know, here's the deal. It's being aware of who God is. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's, the, it's an awareness. The fear of the Lord requires awareness. We need to be aware of who God is and how grand he is. We need to be aware of like every father or mother, his pop, I'm going to guess has probably said this to a child at some point, but I brought you into this world. I'm going to take you out. And every child is like, I believe it. That's that, there's a healthy fear. It's understanding who you are at two foot six, standing next to me, your dad. When you hear my voice, you have a firm understanding. You're aware of who it is that's speaking to you right now. We need to have an awareness of who God is. We need to have an awareness of how grand he is, how awesome he is. But, he brought me into this world. He could change everything right now. So the scripture actually reads, the awesomeness of the Lord that leads me to worship him. The one who provides all things is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is an awareness of his infinite power compared to my finite power. Infinite power means his power has no end. It's constantly expanding. Mine is constantly dwindling. Every one of us are born and we are set on a trajectory of a crash course with one day being weak and experiencing death. It's very finite. This is just, the, this is the reality Exodus 15, 11 backs us up, says, who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic? That word majestic means swelling. It's, it, it, it's like ever-growing. It's not swollen, but swelling. Swelling in holiness. Gosh, his holiness. Like we'd, we're standing, we're singing the band's leading us. All we can say is holy, holy, holy. It's like as we started singing that, the moment just began to expand. And I believe that the angels, because this is what scripture says, are sitting around the throne of God and all they're singing and crying out is holy, holy, holy. Right? 24-7, 365, they're going to be doing this for eternity. And I think every time they sing holy, 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 they're not repeating what it was that they once knew. They're repeating something that they just found out. That there's something phenomenal about God's majesty. That we get a new facet of who he is. We get, a new, we, get, we get a new look into his nature and character as we walk with him moment by moment. And it, get, it leaves us in this awestruck. It's like finding a new part of the Grand Canyon every day, every moment for the rest of your existence here on earth. And then in eternity, we're going to stand and we're going to go, I didn't even realize that part of him. Wow. 
Who is like you, majestic, swelling in holiness, awesome in glory. That word awesome is fearful. Working wonders. To fear the Lord means to be aware of his infinite power. And like Abraham, it means to be a wise steward and be aware. Number two, the fear of the Lord requires acknowledgement. Now, let me just say this. You can be aware of something and never acknowledge it. You can be aware of things and never acknowledge it. Uh, Some of us are aware of things that need to change in our lives. We just refuse to acknowledge it. And I'm not saying that as a negative. Like that might be a positive. You may be aware that you need to do something positive in your life. But we just refuse to acknowledge it. Some of us need to start things or some of us need to stop things. And we're aware of it. We just don't acknowledge it. We have the knowledge of it. We just don't practice it. And wisdom is what the knowledge and practice. So the fear of the Lord is is the beginning of wisdom. And for for us to really understand this, we have to acknowledge it. Let us not just be aware, but let us acknowledge it says, praise the Lord. Blessed, this is Psalms 112.1. Blessed are those who fear the Lord. That's a promise, just so you know. That blessed are those. So you're blessed if you fear the Lord. There's a blessing in the wisdom you get from fearing the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight. That word delight is to be pleased to do. It reminds me of our, friend, our friendly, uh, uh, I won't say the name of the restaurant, but they're not open on Sundays. And when you order your food, they say, my My pleasure. Can anyone guess what restaurant that is? Closed on Sundays. Yo, my Chick-fil-A. All right. Blessed are those who fear the Lord who find great delight or who are pleased to do his commands. So there's an acknowledgement that says, oh, I got to, I got to. I got to do something. I have to acknowledge this. I just can't be aware. I'm aware of you in the room, but if I walk in and I don't acknowledge you, that's actually ignoring you. So let me, let me, let me read. <laughs> let, let, let me read this. I'm going to go back up to Proverbs 1, 7. Cause I jumped ahead of myself. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools but fools. What's a fool? It's a person who's quarrelsome, who argues. That word fool means to be quarrelsome. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise. The word despise is hold as insignificant wisdom and instruction. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but people who like to argue the fact, they're aware, but they just don't want to acknowledge it and they want to argue the fact, they actually hold God's wisdom and instruction as insignificant. I would rather ignore it because I think my wisdom is more significant. I think the wisdom of my financial planner is more significant. I think the wisdom of of fill in the blanks is more significant than God's wisdom. I would rather fear the stock market crash more than fear God providing for me no matter what the stock market does. Okay? I'm not going to acknowledge it. I'm totally aware if I just put my head in the sand and I don't acknowledge it, it's not there. You know, you ever play hide and go seek with a one-year-old? They hide in plain sight. Why? Because their whole deal is, is like, I'm aware of you, but if I don't acknowledge you, I'm hiding. That's how we treat God and fearing him and wisdom. So fools are aware, but they argue the need to acknowledge God as the one who deserves their deepest respect. And so lack of acknowledgement leads to harm. We got to know this. We have to know this. That it can lead to harm. Lack of acknowledgement. 
The New King James, Proverbs 28, 14 says, happy is the man who is always reverent. That word reverent means fearful, awestruck, in astonishment, who is in a position and a posture of, of worshiping God and praising him for who he is, simply because he is who he is, not because he did anything for me. Happy is the man who is always reverent, but he who hardens his heart like a fool will fall into calamity, fall into trouble, fall into a snare. So lack of acknowledgement leads me to harm. But acknowledging God's power and authority leads to health. In Isaiah 33, 6, says, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. The stability of your times and the stability of my times. Now here's one of those deals I'm just going to drag from the dark into the light. We are in unstable times. In two days, we're going to vote probably one of the most historic moments in political history. A wild ride. We have, so we have politics. We've got, we've got, you know, public unrest, social justice. We've got COVID. We have the whole globe being affected economically and relationally. And I mean, all this stuff going on. This is not stability. But I have to tell you something. Wisdom and knowledge will be my stability. I'm not looking for my vote of the correct political party. It's not that you and I are going to fall on the right side of the fence and therefore get stability from whoever we elect. That my stability, my salvation, it actually says... And the strength of salvation, the strength of my salvation is not tied to a ballot box or a mail-in ballot or, it's not. We have a chief that we have to answer to that is supreme above all things. His name is Jesus. And we can be aware of him, but I'm going to tell you right now, family, we need to acknowledge him. Because we need stability. The fear of the Lord means to acknowledge his power and his authority. And like Abraham, a wise steward acknowledges. Abraham acknowledged. And lastly, number three, the fear of the Lord requires adoption. This is where I jumped ahead to. I was so excited to get to the end. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight, pleased to do his commands. Listen, we can be aware and we can acknowledge, but if we don't do anything with it, I'm trying to think of a really nice way to say this. Our goal is not to be spiritually obese with information and knowledge of who he is, but to exercise. That's why it's called a walk of faith. It's not called a sit on our spiritual hindquarters. I don't want to... Like, I don't want to measure the strength of this little family in San Marcos, this little family on our online campus. I don't want to measure the strength by how many viewers and people are in the seat. 
Because that, that at best is awareness and acknowledgement. I want to measure it by how many of us are actually walking it. That we take delight. God's like, take your son and go sacrifice him. You're like, my pleasure. That's mind-blowing, isn't it? God basically is coming to you and I and he's saying, hey, you know the fear of me? The, the understanding of and how astonishing and massive I am, how grand I am, how awesome I am, and how powerful I am, all of that was put into, into creating you. And when I ask you, when I command you, when I instruct you, when you read this book and it says, do this or don't do that, and you do it. There's something powerful that happens in you. That when we say, God, you can have everything. Abraham said it, you can have everything. That's what worshipers say. God, you can have, I'm aware, I acknowledge it, but God, you can have everything. So God, you say go sacrifice my most prized possession, I'm gonna go sacrifice it. You can have it all. The fear of the Lord is to have allegiance to him and consequently to his instructions, thus affecting your values, your convictions, and your behavior. I'm going to read that again. The fear of the Lord is to have allegiance to him and consequently to his instructions, thus affecting your values, your convictions, and your behavior. We've made following Jesus about Jesus sharing with me who it is that I'm supposed to look like when truthfully following Jesus is about us looking like him. We've made our spiritual lives so individualistic. It's about the man, the woman. That that a lot of times what happens in society now, we're able to stop and say like, I'm aware and I acknowledge Jesus is my savior. I just don't actually adopt any of his practices, but I want to call myself a follower of Jesus. You followed him to the point of actually being obedient. I followed to the point of obedience, but now we need to adopt. Abraham adopted. And so those who fear the Lord are going to make wise choices reflecting God's character. That when I fear the Lord, I don't make wise choices reflecting me. (laughs) My character, because I can tell you something, my character is flawed. Hang out with me for like 2.6 seconds. I mean, it takes a lot for me to get through a service and not do something wrong. I don't want to reflect my character in your life. I'm going to tell you what the world needs most right now. I'm going to tell you what your friends need most right now. I'm going to tell you what people need at polling places most right now and in grocery stores. They don't need us to be argumentative Christians. If you're a follower of Jesus, I want you to hear this. Society doesn't need us to be argumentative, but sacrificial and saying, God, you can have everything. Oh. The fear of the Lord means to adopt a godly lifestyle out of respect for him. And like Abraham, 
And like Abraham, a wise steward adopts. You were made for this. You were, you were literally made this way. Psalm 139, 14, it says, I praise you. This is the psalmist saying this to God. I praise you. God, I praise you this morning. This is what it says. Because I am, this is the language, I am fearfully. What? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am made fearfully and wonderfully. I am, did you know that you were, you were created to stand in front of things and be awestruck? We just get the priority sometimes screwed up. We're like, I'm more awestruck by my income. I'm more awestruck by my wife, my husband, the thought of a wife or a husband. I'm more awestruck by what my neighbor accomplished, what they drive. I'm more awestruck by celebrities. I'm more awestruck. You, it is amazing to stand and look at the awesomeness of God's creation. And you know what? The reason you do that is because you were made to do that. If you want to be aware of God, just stand and go, creation's pretty awesome. The canyon is very grand. The ocean is mighty. This is amazing. You were made for this. But the beginning that said, I praise you, God, because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't praise men. I praise God. Because he made me this way and he made you this way. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. This morning, I want to tell you that you were made to stand in deep respect, shaded in awe. That word, deep respect, shaded in awe is reverence. That's what reverence means. You were made to stand in deep respect. And the picture is as if to grab a canvas and a paintbrush and paint the canvas of your respect with the color of awe, of astonishment. That the lens that you look at your life through is through this, this lens that's been painted by awe. This respect, it's just not normal respect. It's this deep respect shaded by awe and God's awesome nature. You were made for that, to be astonished and inspired toward worshiping God. Your worship of God will lead to godly wisdom. That's why what we did here this morning is so important. It should adjust our lens a little bit. All we can sing is holy, holy, holy. There's a moment right there that we're standing at the grandest of canyons and we understand who it is that God is. We're aware. And we're going to acknowledge him, but we're also going to adopt and be obedient. Why don't you stand with me? I have two questions for you this morning. Thank you for bearing with us. We went a little bit long. I tried to be as fast as possible. Here's question number one. Do you worship, honor, and respect God above everything else? 
sounds a little bit like a marriage ceremony. Do you worship, honor, and respect God above everything else? Or do you hold other things above that? Number two, and this is your homework, taking it home. This is important. I don't merely want to, my goal is that we would be active, right? We'd be active. We'd be purposeful and intentional. So not just, okay, because you can sit here and listen today and be like, I'm aware and I acknowledge it. I just, I'm not. Name one area of your life that you need to grow from awareness to adoption. Now, there might be multiple areas, but I'm really making this. I know there's multiple areas in my life where I'm fluctuating between acknowledgement, right? I'm kind of on the spectrum. But I'm picking one because I think it's way easier. It's not as overwhelming. I'm being fair. So pick one because I only want to have to work on one this week and think about it, okay? So really, I was being selfish, okay? Let's pray. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, which you began this morning, you've ripened the soil of our hearts, that we've heard your word, the seed of your word dropped in, that we would understand that the fear of who you are and understanding this, this idea of healthy fear. This healthy understanding and awareness and acknowledgement and adoption of your commands is the beginning. It's, it leads to wisdom. For some of us, we're choosing right now to say, God, you can have everything. This is, this is the simple definition of a worshiper. A worshiper just says you can have it all. God, we, like Abraham, we just want to be a wise steward and it starts in us just saying you can have everything because we're aware, we acknowledge, and we're going to adopt your commands. We thank you. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said amen and amen.